In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. Welcome to this podcast of Destination Delicious. Today I have in the studio Chris Harrington. Hello, Chris. Hello. We also got Natalie Van Gundy, who is our producer, and she is going to join in today because we're just going to be talking about some of the summer food we've been eating. We've been eating a lot of things. We were talking about it. I said, let's put it on a podcast, guys. Also, today is our first episode that is sponsored by St. Jude. So I'd like to remind you that on September 28th, join the St. Jude Walk Run Memphis. This family-friendly event raises funds to support the mission of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, where families never receive a bill for treatment, travel, housing, or food. Sign up today at stjude.org slash walkmemphis. And remember, this is the end of September, so it's going to be a lot cooler than that bar dog run was this weekend. Either one of you go out to that? No. No. Well... Yeah, I've been, I've never done the run because I'm, one, I don't run, but two, I'm not going to go out and run in, you know, heat in August. But they also, I've always thought, I've wondered several times, which would be worse, running a 5K in the heat of August or eating, participating in the, how many meatballs can you eat contest in the heat of August? Can you imagine doing that? I think and I, I don't run at all. Um, I think the second may be worse. I, I, that I think sounds it would worse be to too. Yeah. I agree with you completely. It's I been think. too hot for me to even get on my bike the last week or two. Yeah, it has been the last week. I was telling somebody the other day, I haven't ridden my bike in at least a week. I guess may, really we may be over a week now. And yeah, I'm right by the green line. And I know you like to ride too, but yeah. it has just been brutal. I've never, I never remember wishing for fall because I love summer so much. That's, that's my season. But I was thinking just recently, wow, it's time. I'm ready for, I'm ready for a pot of chili. I mean, it's that, time. that sounds great. Doesn't that sounds it? Great. It's yeah. just, and it's only because it's so hot because otherwise I'd still be happy, you know, eating all my uh, summer food. I have had the best tomatoes this year because I have you know, a friend with the farm who ended up with a good crop and man I've had um, I've had BLTs I've had regular tomato sandwiches I've, I've done this thing where they start when they start to go bad I just kind of chop up the parts that aren't bad and just put a little onion and olive oil and put them in the fridge at salt and pepper and then just pull them out and put them on anything we they're had, so good we had a blt weekend but it was more inspired by the b than the than the t my um one of my wife's co-workers surprised her with a, a bundle of bacon from Corsi's, which is a smokehouse up in the ozarks near the buffalo river where we used to go with my family and go you know canoeing up there all the time we would always stop at Corsi's and get bacon and bring it home and we haven't done that in several years so it was quite the surprise when this bundle of Corsi's bacon landed on my wife's desk well, a bundle of bacon bundle landing of bacon. on your desk yes. is always a surprise, but welcome. But welcome. but along the lines of you, like, you know, too hot to make a pot of stuff, but we were trying to figure out what to do with it. And I was like, hey, let's make, do some pasta carbonara, which is something we like to make. And mm-hmm. my wife thought, that's that's just too heavy right now. So we've been doing BLTs. I took my son to the downtown farmer's market. We bought a whole bunch of tomatoes, and that's what we've been doing with the bacon. There is. Okay. First of all, BLT. 
I got to tell you, I can do without the L. The L brings very little to the party for me. The, initially, our first batch was ju- was without the L because there was no lettuce at the farmer's mm-hmm. market. We hadn't gotten to a grocery store, and then we got some lettuce later. But I, I agree. The, the lettuce is the least essential element uh, of the sandwich. That includes bread and mayo and the whole thing. The lettuce is the least essential of it all. I, but I have a replacement that I'm going to tell you about in a minute, but I want to hear Natalie's opinion. Natalie, what is, where do you stand on the L? I got to have the L. And if I don't have the L, I'll like standard lettuce, like iceberg or, you know, whatever the crunchy kind everyone uses. I'll just put spinach on there. But I have to have some sort of green something on my BLT. Is this an aesthetic thing or a taste thing? Both. Hmm. Green makes everything prettier. Well, what, what's, I, your, what's your substitute? Because I have an idea of what it might be. Well, okay. I don't think you're going to guess this. Okay. Sprouts. That's exactly what I was going to say. You're kidding. And the reason I was going to say that, and maybe we'll get to this later, you'd asked me earlier, like, we're going to talk about what we ate this summer. I realized I've had a boring food summer in terms of eating out in Memphis. I've had a better food summer in well, terms of been, home and in terms of my travels. You've been traveling a lot, But too. one of the places I ate, we were in Washington, D.C., and I went to the sandwich shop in Georgetown, which I'm going to mispronounce, called Stuck. Stachowski's. I'm going to say that is mispronounced. But it's just like really well-known, apparently, sandwich shop. Like I read some article, like the best, we'll see the best corned beef within, you know, outside of 200 miles of New York City or whatever. I went there and it's this butcher shop that's in the middle of the the neighborhood in Georgetown. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not around other businesses. It's right in a residential neighborhood. It's a butcher shop that does their own sandwiches. And so I got a, um, a turkey club that was like, it was so big, like you couldn't really get your mouth around it. One of those, but sprouts. I love sprouts. On That's a what they had on that. Well, one of my favorite all time make at home sandwiches is cheese, avocado, tomato, sprouts, mayo on a uh, like a wheat berry bread. Yeah, which is not a bread that I normally would would want, but that because normally I'm going to want rye or in bacon and tomato season, which kind of go together to me. Um, I, I want white bread. Yes. I'm, that's I'm, what we, I'm, that's what yeah. we use. We, we found a decent, it was like a mass produced whatever, but a decent sort of thicker uh, white bread that mm-hmm. was good. It was like some nature's own brand that was no artificial whatever. But it was sort of thicker. And when you toasted it up, it worked really well in the sandwiches. Mm, yeah. I'll take bunny bread. Doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just got to be white bread. It, 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 and for tomato sandwiches too. I love just a plain old, you know, tomato mayo. White so that's bread what my, sandwich you know, my daughter is, is a, I guess a pescatarian would be the way to put it. So she's not into the bacon, but she's been eating like tomato sandwiches basically with the fresh tomatoes from the market and, and toasted bread and mayo. I told someone just this weekend, I really think that I could be, I could be 90% of the time a pescatarian because I love fish so much. I had some, I wasn't working and this is not for review. So I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about it, but I just had a filet of sole at Brooklyn bridge. And I'm telling you, it was, it's just, there's just really nothing as satisfying to me as a good piece of fish. I love it. I love fish. I know you love catfish, fried catfish. Yeah. It's a little bit different thing, but yeah. Well, yeah, it is, but, <laughs> but, but I love fried catfish too, but I like almost any kind of fish. Salmon is like probably my least favorite, right? but, but I cook it because it's so easy and it's so available and it's fine and you know, but it's nothing to get excited about, but give me a fish and just a little bit of lemon butter. And mm, that is just fabulous. It's one of my favorite things in the world. Really? Natalie? No. Yes. No, I love fish. You seem, you seem very lukewarm on no, this. No, fish is great in summer, too. That's particularly when I love eating fish almost every day. It's not something I cook very much. I need to be better about that. I'm, I'm a little intimidated cooking fish, I think. 
Hey, so I know y'all have done Blue Apron for a long time. Have you tried the the new uh, Memphis the Fix? No, I have no. We have not. That, that's that's the local meal meal service. Uh-huh. No. You need you really need to try it. I tell you what, I've been impressed with every meal that I've gotten from there, and it's great because there's no subscription. You sign on the day before, and then you get your meal delivered the next day, whatever time you choose it to be delivered, and you're gonna like it. I want to hear what you have to say about it because right. I think I think you'll like it a lot. I'll, I'll have to tip off the, the boss of my house to, to see if she wants to, to go that route. Oh, I, I, I wasn't sure if, it, if we're talking about Joanna or Ben. No, <laughs> well, we're talking about Joanna. Talking Listen about to our podcast about it before you try it. That's right. We did. Yeah, yeah. We, we've got a podcast you could have a, have a listen at. Episode twenty two. So Chris has a Chris has a son who is a picky eater like my grandson, and we talk sometimes about how I, mean, I think Jack's gotten. I don't even I don't even know what extends now beyond uh, chicken nuggets and and peanut butter goldfish and Oreos. I think those I think, I think that's it. My 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 son who is nine he tried fried chicken for the first time in his life on one of our summer vacations at a Japanese place in Santa Ana, California. He is from Memphis. He had never we never got him to try chicken that was breaded and fried, and then. We're at this Japanese place, and I got, the, I guess, Karaja chicken or whatever mm-hmm. it's called. He said, I'll try that, and he just popped one in his mouth. Did he like it? He said he liked it, and then, then he has it. he's turned it down ever since. But that kind of looked like a, a chicken nugget, so he was yes. sort of, you know, in the right. If you if you can make it look like a chicken nugget, what have we done to our children? Although I will, I mean, I was a picky eater when I was, I ate a lot of things, but I had a lot of things I disliked, and Jack's just not. I don't know what we're going to do about him. Um, but... I wanted, we were talking about catfish. So somebody sent me something um, saying that AJ's catfish is going to open a place out in Millington. I, when, if you remember when we wrote about catfish a couple of years ago, it was one of the places I went to because they do catfish steaks. One yes. Of, one of the few places. That's that not one of the places I went to. I, I got catfish steaks on that that thing we did at from the Hollywood right. fish market on Hollywood Street or in North Memphis. I love catfish steaks. Describe a catfish steak. I don't even know what that is. You slice um, crossways, and so the bone is sort of in the middle. Oh, I see. You know, which is sort of pull the meat off the bone. Which is how I first learned. I mean, the first salmon I ever ate. We used to used to get salmon steaks, and now, of course, I don't even know where you find salmon steaks at a grocery. Well, my you know this, but I grew up. My grandparents had a catfish restaurant in Dewood, Arkansas, Don's Catfish Kitchen, which they're retired now. and they started serving fillets, like maybe when I was in junior high. But for years, the, the, the that's all they had was catfish. That that was catfish, right? Mm-hmm. That, that is what they served was um, catfish um, steaks. Like fillets was like this new thing. Like people, it's like people hadn't thought to do that before at a certain point. But it was all catfish steaks growing up. For well, me. it. it- I don't know that I remember. It seems to me like we always had whole catfish, but catfish was a thing. Ah, you know, I'm not. I'm not sure about that. I mean, I don't have any huge memory of catfish like in a restaurant when I was a kid. Well, he, it was my, always my, at my, my grandfather home. would drive down to Delta Farms in Greenville, Mississippi, mm-hmm. like in his whatever his pit to pick up with like a, a cabin thing on the back, so it was covered. He would literally drive down himself to get the fish, like in big boxes and they would ice it down and he would drive it back up to to do where he's from and he would i don't know how often to go down once a month or once every few weeks and like get a load and that's how that's how the fish was given to him they they cut it there and it was in steaks and so at a certain point i guess they started doing fillets well i think and i guess that's probably what happened with uh 
salmon also. You know that thin and crispy at Soulfish? I wrote about that a few yep. months ago. Have you had it? I have. I'm not as I'm not as crazy about the thin and crispy as you. I like a little bit of little little, little more mm. meat. Yeah, I always, I always like the I always like the crispy. So I mean, the the thinner it can be, then the crispier it is. But the the reason that they were able to start doing that, so there's this place Middendorf's, you know, which is out. You see it going into New Orleans, and they always had that's the kind of catfish that they always have. Although actually, I think saltfish is is a little bit better. And they got tired of cutting it because the machines were so expensive. So they didn't want to, these machines started going bad. They didn't want to invest in the machinery again. So they asked the, uh, which is the one down at Tunica? It's um, Pride of the Pond, maybe. I don't know. I don't want to say the wrong uh, catfish supplier, but it's the one in Tunica. They asked them, would you do this? Would Would you get the machinery and we'll buy our catfish from you? And they agreed. They did it. Then eventually Middendorf's took it back, but they had this machinery. So Soulfish started taking it. So I think a lot of what we're served does have to do with how somebody's processing it. Right. That's true enough. So, Um, What else have you been eating this this, this, uh, summer? Either one of you. I've, I've been cooking a little bit of Filipino cooking, sort of. Yeah. Um, Those are sort of two things in conjunction with each other. I, 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 we've had just an old Weber grill, like, for years and years. And my grandfather recently, he just decided, like, you know, he's old. He's had health problems. He said, I'm not going to use my grill anymore. So he, he gave me his gas grill, which mm-hmm. is only, like, a couple years old. So it's like a hand-me-down. So I've got this big gas grill. What I've sort of decided is I like doing chicken on it because I can control the heat better. I'm yeah. mad about burning chicken on the Weber. So I've been grilling a lot of chicken, and then I happened to pick up the summer grilling issue of Bon Appetit this summer, and they had a big spread about Filipino cooking in there. So I've been experimenting with that. And so it sent me to the Viet Ho Market looking for ingredients I've never used before. I get this big bottle of cane vinegar, and I've got, I'm going to mispronounce probably, annatto seeds, which are these like dark, deep red oh, yeah. seeds. And that they're are used- sort of and a lot of like Puerto Rican, Caribbean cooking, yeah, a lot of things, too. Brazilian. And yeah. so, like you know, I did I did some pork skewers. I've done some grilled chicken, but a lot of it is sort of making your own sort of vinegars and oils and stuff like that to go with it. So I've been doing that at home, which has been fun. And you can use the annatto seeds if you want to make a paella and you don't want to invest in the saffron. You can use it to color yeah, the, it. The flavor of the saffron I is know. so important. I'm to- I totally agree. And and you really don't have to invest much because you can buy it at Trader Joe's now for like you know. Five or six dollars for a little thing of it. Really? Was, yes. My wife was at Trader Joe's yesterday. I, I need to and alert her the next home time she without goes. saffron. Yeah, she got some other stuff, but I don't know if she knew about that. We'll have to let her know about that. It's there. Because I cook you, by, uh, I don't know, three or four times a year. And yeah. So it is, like, the saffron is pricey. Oh, it is. If you're getting it at Penzies or wherever. But you know. this, you can, I mean, it's enough for it's enough for a pan of paella. Yeah. And then, then there you go. You don't have to worry about keeping it in the freezer. I think I have some in the freezer right now. But that's just because I haven't made paella. So I made, I made a... Every year we do a beach trip with my family and, and we all split up cooking. And so like I always make a paella and I use whatever, whatever is at the fish market down the road from where we stay, like mm-hmm. the shrimp and the, whatever the gulf fish is. So, but this year, my brother, one of my brothers, typically he's done, he and his fiance have done Korean barbecue when it's their night to cook in the past. Mm-hmm. And they decided to mix it up this year. He He bought a whole leg of lamb. He bought it in New Orleans. They stopped in New Orleans on their way. He bought this whole leg of him in New Orleans, and he had this idea. I mean, this is going to come around to the paya. He had this idea he was going to cook the whole leg of lamb on the beach. He was going to bury it in hot coals on the beach and cook the whole leg of lamb. So he got up at like 8 a.m. one morning and like dug this huge 
hole in the beach, poured it with hot coals, wrapped up the lamb, put it in there, put more hot coals, whatever, buried it. And it was buried for like 12 hours. So he digs it out and like it had a nice bark on it. It had uh-huh. like a little bit of a smoke ring, but it didn't quite cook all the way to the bone. So we had to finish it up in the in the stove. My wife was the only person in the whole family trip. She decided I'm not going to eat this because someone has to be able to drive, drive people to the hospital if there's food poisoning. <laughs> She's very practical. Yes. Ended up working out great. The lamb was great, but I used that some of that in my paella the next night. Oh, lamb in your paella. Which yeah. paella, honestly, you know, it is. I mean, it's just kind of like jambalaya. You can put anything well, in it. Well, when Marcus all used to be here, I talked to him one night because he had tweeted something about making paella. And I, I asked him after the game, I said, you know, I've been trying to make, I call it paella. I'm sure you, it wouldn't be meet your standards of paella. Like Barcelona, they would, I'm sure they would laugh at my paella. But like, a, you know, for I, me, I it's would, paella. My standards are probably not as high right, as, right, as right. you think But they I asked are. him like what he does. And he said, you know, well, living in Memphis, uh, he, he would not agree with you about eating fish in Memphis. He said, look, you know, living in Memphis, you can't get good fish. And so he, 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 he uses lamb for his paella. At least he did when he lived in Memphis. Well, he's just being snobby. There's well, plenty, he's from Barcelona. There, there's plenty of good fish right. in, in Memphis. Oh, so I get, you slap him on the hand for that. You can get plenty of fish here oh, that's good. When you're making it 25 billion a year, you can afford to be a little snobby, I guess. Well, I guess you can. And But you know what? You could also have your fish shipped in from wherever you <laughs> right. want it. So right. you can eat all the fish you want. But I think paella kind of goes by the same, uh, kind of the same rule as gumbo. So, you know, your pork, your sausage will go right. either way. But then you decide, are you going to do like a, a chicken and duck or that kind of thing? You, right. st- you stick with your land animals or are you going to go seafood? Uh, now, with paella, by the way, I do both. I do shrimp, sausage, chicken, I whatever. Because I, yeah. I, I like chicken thigh in it. Uh, I do and so I'll do chicken thigh and whatever seafood I use. And I'll use chorizo, you know, to start. Um, but what I keep, keep meaning to do, and I'm going to do at some point in the summer, is try to make one that is fully pescatarian and either either try to make like mushroom sausage, which my friend Justin Burks has a recipe for, the chubby vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Or I might try, I noticed when I was at Fresh Market recently, they had the, you know, the Impossible brand, whatever, the Impossible brand spicy sausage. So maybe I'll try that and see if that works. Yeah. Because I want my daughter to be able to eat the paella, but she won't eat it with the sausage in it. Listen, I'm a fan of um, Impossible. Well, I'm a fan of the Beyond Burger for sure. And I, what's the other one? Impo- is just is it Impossible Meat? Yeah, Which I think one? that's the name of the company. Or that's the, the one brand. that no, the Impossible Burger is the one that you buy at the restaurants. That's the one, and, and that's where you the one you can get at um, Burger King now. It's the right. Impossible Burger. The Beyond, I think. Am I, am I confusing? I don't remember. It and was one of these. I think Beyond is the one you buy Whole Foods. Okay. We get, Nat, Natalie's going to look it up, and we'll get this information this is a right. fresh market. Anyway, they're, and they have it at Whole Foods, too. But, the, but yes, they're good. I mean, they're, I, I, I'm, I, I will always eat meat if I want meat. I mean, I'm not going to, I just don't have the type of, you know, one, what I do for a living, I'm not going to restrict myself, obviously. Right. But also, it's not, it's fine. If I want to eat um, red meat, I'm going to eat red meat. If I want a steak, whatever, I'm going to eat it, you know, barbecue, I'll do that. But I don't think that the, that means that you have to exclude, um, you know, plant-based substitutes from your diet. It's better for the planet. It's better for you. And it, and it does taste good. I don't have any problem with that. And it also accommodates everybody, you know, like uh, like Rosie or even that's one of the things that uh, my 
uh, that Jack, my grandson, is so weird about. He doesn't really like meat. And that's what he'll say is, no, yuck, meat. I don't know if he'd like other, you know, meat substitutes either. The Impossible Burger is the one at Burger King and the other restaurants. Beyond Burger, or Beyond Meat, I'm sorry, Beyond Meat Burger is what's at Fresh Market and other grocery stores. Okay, that's That's, what I thought. That's what I thought. So, yeah, I would give that a try. Why not? I I did have an enormous um, steak dinner this summer. You mentioned steak. We were when we were in Los Angeles. Our friends who live in Hollywood took us out to um, uh, Musso and Frank, which is like the oldest restaurant in Hollywood. If you've seen um, the new Tarantino movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the whole big first scene with Al Pacino takes is in this restaurant, and so. We, they took us out to that, and that is like the old, old, old school kind of thing. So I had a huge bone in a ribeye in an old fashioned. Like, I wasn't going to mess around. I'm only going to be here once ever. I'm, you know, I'm going to do it right. But, but they had also just all kinds of old, like chicken a la king, and like they had all this sort of old. I love know, that old fashioned kind of yeah. food. I just think it's fun. You wouldn't want to eat it all the time, but I do think it's great fun when you see something like that. Um, we, you're, you were talking about uh, old restaurants, and you also mentioned New Orleans. We did the same thing when we went to Florida, which my family, by the way, you know, it's not, I mean, I love my family, but going to Florida with them is, it's like this culinary wasteland when you go with them because right. all they want, they, they'll want to stand in line for some place that they used to eat at when they were kids, and I won't go because it's just fried Yucky seafood that, I mean, I don't mean like good fried seafood. I mean like, you know, in a huge restaurant. And so right. I just said, forget it. Um, but I like to go where you either go to the same place. I mean, you, either, you know, places that you know, like that are good or you cook at home. But they, they don't want to cook at home. That's just not a thing. We always make plans. It never, it never happens. But on the way down, we went to New Orleans too. We only had a few hours, but my daughter and, the, and uh, her family were coming from Austin. So they have to stop. It's a long drive, um, and we drove down from New Orleans. So we had basically five hours before it was time you know, for the kids to get to bed. And Jackson wanted Jack wanted to see Jackson Square because he thinks that it's named uh, after <laughs> him. So right. you know he knew it existed, and so he, he has this special feeling for it. And we wanted to do Cafe Du Monde because we want to take the kids to get the donuts. Not overrated. No, Pro- no. Pro- properly rated Cafe Du Monde. I so too and i just yep. read something someplace someone saying don't go to cafe de mon why in no, the world definitely would you go to not? cafe de mon absolutely that you have to and it is know, a super touristy place but there's a reason for that it, it, and there's also plenty of locals in yeah, there. Yeah, I was yeah. there one Easter weekend, and we were watching everybody before church. We got up early, and they were all going to church at um, St. Louis, I guess is the one that's on in right. Jackson Square. And, you know, men in dark suits, and they're covered in powdered sugar, yeah. too. But it, they all were, so I don't guess anybody's looking at anybody funny. Um, so we went there. It, where we had to, Chloe, who had just turned three, she's got this thing where she wants to lick everything. So it was this constant, no, don't lick Stay, stay out of the French the Quarter, French quarter. If, 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 if yeah, that's, no. your, that's your inclination. She, she was the absolute, she ruled the French Quarter that day because she was in her, uh, like, a sparkly sequin ballerina dress because she gets to dress herself and her cowboy boots. And, and she had on a pair of my big uh, sparkly Kate Spade sunglasses, and she walked around, and, I mean, she was... Honestly, everyone just coming up and saying hello to her with that bright red hair. We had great fun. But it was where else to eat. And so we had to come to consensus for adults and, you know, something kids could do too. And it, it, we finally decided Drago's, the char-rolled oysters. Okay. Because, because then they had, they had a kid's plate there too. Right. Um, and so just walking around, 
Cafe de Mont, well, Drago's, actually, because we got in, so it was like a late lunch, then you know, finished off at Cafe de Mont, and then said, okay, kids, go to bed after all that sugar. <laughs> but, boy, they were able to go swimming for a while. I, that would not be my perfect New Orleans trip, but it was it was a good little way to, to yeah. fill, uh, you know, four or five hours and get out in the heat of July. Man, it was hot, too. So the best meal I had all summer was in Washington, D.C., so I'll pass this along to anyone who happens to go to Washington, D.C. It was a tip I got from Jason Wexler, president of the Memphis Grizzlies. I mentioned him when we were going to be in D.C. His daughter is in college there. And he said, go to Rasika, which is this Indian restaurant. Um, I'd never heard of it before. There were two locations. Uh, we had no idea until we walked in. We had a reservation. When we walked in, it's like a James Beard Award winner and the whole thing. We, we'd never heard of it before. And that was – we spent a week and a half in California, in L.A., and San Francisco – this Indian restaurant in Washington was the best meal we had all summer, and it's not you even have? close. You like Indian food. I do we do. Too. We love yeah. Indian food. And we ordered – we kept it pretty basic in our ordering. Like, we got chicken tikka masala, mm-hmm. which uh, on their menu, they they proclaim um, cheekily, I think, the national dish of England. Um, <laughs> which And it was the best. Chicken tikka masala, people don't know. It's like the most basic Indian dish, but it's like a tomato butter gravy, basically. Right. And you could taste all the elements in this. It was so much better than any other chicken tikka masala I have ever had anywhere else. It was like shockingly better. But the best hmm. thing we had was an appetizer, and it was um, called palak. I'm going to mispronounce it. Palak shot, which was a crispy spinach um, with yogurt and tamarind and dates. And that was unbelievably so delicious. So how is the spinach crispy? Was it just fr- it's almost fried like a and fresh, individual? Almost like a flash fried kind of thing. Each leaf? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, oh it's God, separate, I like, love like spinach fr- like fresh that. spinach, like yeah. fr- it's crispy and flash fried, and then tossed you know, lightly with like yogurt and hamburger and a date. So it has sort of some sweetness to it, some sweetness and some crunch. And that was incredible. That was the best dish I think we had anywhere all summer. Paulette's used to do something with spinach like that, and they would just garnish food with it. But I thought I could eat a whole bowl yeah. of just that spinach. You know, and Erlings, when the, when you sit down, they bring out the pork rinds that they fry, and they have the fried pieces of kale in there with it. Right, and similar, I'm always going through and picking out that kale right? too. Yeah. I know it's so good; yeah. it is delicious. I wonder what the best meal I've had this this uh, summer is. I'm not sure. Um, I th- I'm, ga- I'm not going to sit there and ponder that. For so, I will say something though. While we're on the uh, talking about greens, here's something interesting. Right now is okra season, and I've seen okra in some really unusual applications lately. I had an okra taco, fried okra taco last week. Very good. You, know, the, you will read more about that this week. And then I, um, folks, Folly has a dish right now that it's okra fried okra cheese fries, but it's not. It's not. Um, fries it's just fried okra and then pimento cheese and all the stuff on top of it it was a bit heavy for me but it's very popular right now it's going off special i think tomorrow we've so. taken and this is something i picked up from my dad who does this we've taken to roasting okra oh i do too so we'll so we'll split it um lengthwise mm-hmm. split it, split them in half and just simple tossing olive oil salt and pepper whatever just throw them in the oven crisp them up that listen right now i can at, eat a bowl of that you know at hog and hot oh, potato chips got it it's so good at hog and hominy right now they're the way they're doing their okra is they're roasting it then they're deep frying it and that is that is so i had that last they're week. killing it dead they are it's just there's just no nothing better you get the best of both worlds so it's just you know sliced in long thin strips roasted 
than deep fried. I'm going to have to try this. I, I, I have not been to Hog and Hami since this has been on the menu. As you know, you better get there soon because right. when, when it's when it's gone, it's gone. There's also, and I'm I'm not even going to say what it is because I'm getting ready to write about it too. And it's going to be a secret. But I ate maybe, the, I still say the best thing I, I've ever eaten at Hog and Hominy was the Missouri, the sandwich from maybe, uh, I don't know, gosh, now. We could be going back seven or eight years. Yeah, it it was my favorite sandwich ever. Uh, But I think something I ate there just recently is maybe certainly as good as that, maybe better. And it has to do with seafood and it has to do with lemon and butter. Well, I'm going to have to reconnect with with Memphis dining because, you know, the best meal I had this summer, I said, was the Indian place in Washington. The best food experience I had this summer was also out of town. It was the the Hollywood Farmer's Market on a Sunday morning in, in Los Angeles. And just the quality of the fruit at the Farmer's Market, I mean, all the Farmer's Markets around there, but that's the one I was at, was just, and, and, and they're just giving out samples everywhere. So we just walking around grazing, just eating the best peaches, the best nectarines, the best stra- the best strawberries by far I've ever had. Really? In my, California? Yes. And my son was shocked at the I'm strawberries. I'm a big fan of Louisiana strawberries. Um, because they were like deep red, like mm-hmm. all the way through, right? And then they had this thing, which I, I'd never seen before, but it was some kind of plum-cherry hybrid. And they, and plum they, and cherry? Yeah, those were all over the place. What are they called? I can't remember. I can't remember. I think they should be plaries. No, I want to say it may have started with the chuh. Chums. Maybe, but they couldn't be a chum Surely because that sounds like something you you know you fish with. So, but just walking, strolling around the, that Hollywood farmers market, eating the fruit samples, that that was my best food experience of, of the summer. I'm seeing it's a, a pleury trees, P L U E R R Y. Maybe it is. I don't know. But they were they were plum we cherry need, hybrids. We need to get some of those around here. That right. sounds good. So, did they have a pit like a cherry? Yes, I believe they did. So just a little bit fleshier. Describe it. They were, they more were, like, they more were, like a cherry. They were bigger like than a, a cherry. Mm-hmm. They were a little bit closer to plum size, sort of in between size-wise. Okay, I'm looking at a picture because Natalie just pulled it up because Natalie is so efficient. And, yeah, those look really good. And they are they've – this they've been winning over consumers since 2011, well, by the way. Go. Um, all right, I'm looking for them. Somebody's got to get them in. And they may, who knows? I may have seen them at Fresh Market or um, Whole Foods and just went right over them. I'll know now to pick some up. But I got to get out of there. I, I, you made me realize that, you know, when you have kids, you fall into ruts. <laughs> yes, you We do. go to the same because our kids won't eat anything. So we, we tend to go to the same places. And we love the places we go to over and over again. But there are the places, and Soulfish, which we already mentioned, is one of the places we go to all the time because everyone everyone will eat at Soul Food, right? And we have like a handful of those places. We've been bad about getting outside of that rut in town this summer. Natalie, where are you eating? In the summer, all Kyle does is smoke meat or fish or whatever, and it's awesome. So that's all we eat in the summer. So you're having smoked fish at your house? Sometimes. Um, that's I didn't know more about this. unusual. I know. I haven't told you. One of my favorite things. <laughs> I mean, smoked fish travels pretty well, you know, like all the way to the office. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> we can arrange we could that. We be eating that right now. We, in fact, we need to start having food on this podcast because I come in here every time. I don't I eat. I we know. talk about delicious things. Know. You know, I even I had so many figs this year. And it, it, it I didn't even know there was a thing as too many figs, but this year there were too many figs. 
because I didn't have time to to properly process them, to can them, to do anything with them. So I was uh, talking about that one day, and uh, a local chef heard the podcast, and he said, I'll take all the figs you have that you, you can't use. So I took some figs, uh, left them over there, and then I still had so many that I've just, what I've started doing is, I, I mean, I just ended up having to kind of mash them and freeze them, but I put them every morning in my protein smoothie. So right now, I ha- except this morning, I forgot to make one. That's the thing. People forget breakfast. Why do we always forget to do something as simple as just, you know, throwing something in a little blender? But it's good to just do some, um, you know, some milk and some protein powder and figs and a little bit of cardamom. It's delicious. I mean, it, it's really like drinking a milkshake for breakfast. It's not a bad way to start a I've day. been trying to get into a rhythm of making my own iced coffee every night, which is something... You had written about it several years ago, magic coffee or whatever. And so I've been using that recipe and I just can't, I'm trying to get, it's like exercise where I'm trying to get the rhythm where I remember to do it every night Mm -hmm. and I can't. You know, I'm, I'm a little spotty with it, but I've been trying to do that, which I which I like a lot. You don't. I will tell you this because I did it that whole summer. You can do it like you can make it last for two days. It's a little bit stronger. No, no, the I next day. no, no yeah. I, I do it. You're you're right. It's not every night. When I make a batch, it'll last me two days. I was so glad when you mentioned that to me recently because I made it not too long ago, and I thought, boy, I sure remembered that this tasted better. But I had forgotten the cinnamon, Bra- so brown sugar would, and cinnamon. And you mentioned right. that, yeah, the brown sugar I remembered, but I completely forgot about yep. the cinnamon. So, Natalie, what this is is you just take like a quart jar, and you, you put your coffee grounds in there and your water, uh, a little bit of cinnamon, and a little bit of brown sugar. Let it steep overnight, and then the next morning you just strain it over ice and put just half and half, or half or, and half, or whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. Something heavier, just at room I, temperature. Yeah, I do have to have to. Yeah, no, no. You put it. I, well, I put mine in the fridge overnight. Was there a reason you're supposed? to Did you leave yours out? Oh no, in the fridge. Yeah, and so, if I remember, I it's two thirds cup of grounds, three cups of water. I think it's eight. It's a lot of brown sugar, actually. It's like eight tablespoons or eight teaspoons. No, that's a big difference between those two things. There but is. it's one or the other. To taste. It's one no, or the other taste. of brown sugar, and then it's just a little bit of cinnamon. Shake it up or whatever. Put it in the fridge overnight. Strain it in the morning. And, right. Yeah. Over ice with some half and half or whatever. Yeah, it sounds good. It is good. It's real yeah. good. And I would even put a little on the weekend anyway. A little rum chata in there after when it's well, ready. When it's well, ready. Sure. Well, <laughs> you go. <laughs> I so, see no reason for you not to do that. What coffee are y'all? Do y'all have a preference? Or just whatever kind you I use whatever like. we have around. My wife buys the coffee. I remember when I was doing this, I was definitely uh, grinding my own beans because you wanted a coarser um, a coarser bean instead of a fine one. I remember uh, reading that at the time. So whatever it was, um, I'm not sure what I was yeah, using I mean, But you could use anything. Even a, anything. Yeah. If Even if we don't have, even if we have ground coffee, not whole bean, we're not going to have like really fine in mm-hmm. the house anyway. Like I, I did once I did use, and it, this was a little oat, too much flavor in it. So I, I don't think I'll do this again, but I used actually the Cafe de Mon brand chicory coffee, ground coffee. I yeah, did that, that might be a much. That might I did be, that I once. That. I did sort of a batch. I went through a canister of that with it. And with the chicory and the cinnamon, it was a little bit over flavored. Right. But in terms of consistency, because I mean, that, that's, that's not a fine ground coffee. You know, I'm one of these... Um, I'm kind of a food hoarder. When I find something I like, I just go buy a lot of it. And when we used to go to New Orleans all the time, I would always, you know, come home with a couple of things. And we'd go five or six times a year. And every time I'd be bringing home you know, coffee. and Well, even in just community coffee, whatever it was, right. it was always coffee with chicory. 
um, because I liked it so much there. And then I would tire of it so quickly here. Yeah. I don't want that every day. Right. I just, you know, now I've, I've been for the last four or five years, I've been um, an espresso drinker. And that's, look, I take that little, those are the tiny pods. They're like a Keurig, but they're about, they're not even half the size. And you just pull it down and you get your coffee and it's just I love it. Every morning I do my foam milk on top of that, two cups a day. And then and then I get to where all of a sudden I say, like if somebody, when Megan and the kids were in town, yeah, both of those children like coffee too. So I had to get decaf for that because right. they want they want their coffee and you don't want to give them uh, caffeine, right. <laughs> caffeinated coffee. So anyway, I almost ran out, but I ordered hopefully in time because I'm down to three pods and, and I made myself stick to one cup today in case I have to make it last two days, but hopefully it'll be here tomorrow. I mean today when, when I get there. All right. Anything, what else we have coming up? Uh, Food-wise, Chris and I are getting ready to go to lunch. We're going to have, a, we're going to a place, a, a new place I think that you'll like. I know that I liked it when I went. Um the what else am I working on? This Got your week? happy hour at Silly Goose coming up. Unless it's already sold out, they sell out pretty quickly. It has not sold out, and yeah, this is something um, people should. This is going to be fun. This is the first time we've done this, and it so, sounds like a great deal. It by is the a great way. deal. I couldn't believe how much you got with your yeah. with your ticket. So we're gonna. So what we'll do is we're gonna make the drink, and and Daniel, who is the guy who owns it, told me what the drink is, but he's got a new bartender starting this week, so I didn't commit to the drink in case the bartender wants to do something different. But you'll you'll go in. It, it's it's twenty dollars, which comes out to twenty five eighty five by the time you put the tax and tip on if it. If you're but a subscriber. If it, and if you're not a subscriber, it's an extra $7 because if you were a subscriber, that would be all it would cost you to subscribe. So take advantage, pay the extra $7 um, to subscription instead. But anyway, um, for twenty five eighty five, you get a welcome cocktail, which is the cocktail we'll be featuring on Bar Talk on the 29th. Then you get two drink tickets. Then you get appetizers. We'll have reserved seating, but of course you can mingle if you want to. And then you get pizza because they have a new uh, pizza oven there. So they want to do that. That's, I feel like I'm like just promoting it. But seriously, that's a lot for $25. I actually don't know how y'all are getting away with that. Well, I asked him the price. I didn't try to take advantage of him. I asked him the price. What What's fair? I don't know that every happy hour will be that price, but this time it is. So uh, go online and sign up and come join us. We're going to have a lot of fun. Um, and then we will be back uh, next week with Andreas Kissler, who's going to tell us about, he is the executive chef of the Peabody, and we're going to be talking to him about a big dinner coming up in September, early September, that's going to include um, lots of uh, former chefs who are coming back to cook with him, too. That's it for today. Anyone have anything you want to add? Nope. All right. Thanks for joining me. You can subscribe to this podcast and others from the Daily Memphian anywhere you get podcasts, including iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Eat Drink Memphis and keep up with our monthly events at dailymemphian.com slash delicious. For the Destination Delicious podcast, I'm Jennifer Biggs. In-depth journalism in the Memphis community. 
The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.